Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Strike one, a blazer. Did that just say 105? Tied for the fastest pitch this year, and there was another right in the same neighborhood, 105 on the TV gun. Miles Straw is laughing. Top of the ninth, and he's laughing on how hard he's doing the baseball. Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Episode 86, Wake and Rake Podcast. Hey, uh, Willie, how's Cleveland, Ohio? Treat? I don't really know yet. I just got here. Yeah, I was about three, a couple hours delayed. It's all right. We'll knock this out at, what, 10 p.m.? A little hotel action. Get a little food in me. Good to go. They got you hooked up in the uh, the Ritz Carlton, which is very classy. Yeah, back in the show, just not as a player. Still cool though. My room's actually sick. Like I came, on, I get on my floor. Like, okay, where you know you're trying to figure out. Like get your bearings. Where's your room? So I get out of the elevator. The gym is like right there, by the elevator. I'm like, oh cool. I'm on the same floor as the gym. That's perfect. Turn. I'm the first room. I'm literally like across the hall from the gym. So I have no excuse. Let's get a little pump in. So you gym when you're on the road? I, I try. I try to. What? Happened? I gotta. I gotta do happened? something just to like try to keep a normal routine. It just. It's so easy to just like, because every night it's like, get up, get back from the game. Hey, all right, meet us in the lobby. Let's grab a drink. And it's just like drinks, 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 food, food, food. And I'm like, gotta work on that dad bod. Actually, I'm gonna call it a father figure. How about that? So your daily routine, you wake up, you gym, you go to the game, you go out for drinks after with the crew? It's normally like in the hotel. Yeah. We're not like clubbing with Dave O'Brien, you know? <laughs> hey, Alex, Cora, are you busy tonight? Let's go to go fist bump, you know? No. It's um, just like, I don't know. Everybody goes down and talk, continues to talk about baseball, which I'm down. Down with that. It's just kind of like, you have team building on the media side too. So I'm not with these, I'm, I'm with these guys like half the year. So it's good to be like, Oh, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. Actually, I was just with them in Phoenix and LA. So it hadn't been that long, but you basically just go catch up away from the field where you're not all buttoned up and doing your job and uh, just catch up. But no, I, yeah, I get up. I mean, I don't sleep in, I have kids. So if I can sleep till eight, I'm happy. Get breakfast, chill for a little bit, work out, get some work done. I love sitting in a quiet hotel room and like getting my game prep done. Heaven on earth. Do you use makeup? Uh, not when I do this. When I'm in the booth, I'm not really on camera much. Like I'm on just for the open. Mm-hmm. So I'll do the open. I'm on for like 15, 20 seconds, and then they're throwing graphics up and I'm talking over it anyways. So I'm really not on camera. When I do studio, I wear makeup just because I'm, I'm bright lights in my face, HD cameras, 4K resolution. You can see everything on my face. And you just it's more just because you're shiny. I don't, I'm not like putting it on to like look different. I just don't want to be shiny. So I just kind of use the powder stuff. So it uh like dulls you out. They may they they ask you to do it if you don't. So do you think maybe they're trying to send you a message that they yes. have on pre and post more than they you do on the broadcast? You need help. Or they're trying but to put they're... you on the broadcast more than they are on the pre and post lately. Like they're transitioning you. Maybe they're... <laughs> I, I like where you're going with this, but no. 
I actually have way more pre and post than I do in the booth. So good try. What are we talking about today, man? We could just talk about your beauty stuff all day. We could do power rankings. Will, That's the gist of it. Will Middlebrooks's favorite uh, beauty products deodorant. brought to you by Ulta. Brought to you by Ulta. Nice. Yeah, favorite deodorant, degree spray. That's my least favorite store when I go shopping with my wife is Ulta. I never, I don't know if I've ever been inside one. It sucks. It's outrageously priced and there's not, there is no well, uh, boyfriend. Everything's outrageously seat. priced because you're in California. Sure. Yeah. That's true. All right. Let's talk about baseball. But first, Bet Online is your number one source for all your championship finals, info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA and Stanley Cup final. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your insider sports wagering needs from basketball and hockey to MLB, UFC, and boxing. The fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your home. Get into the action to date. Head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code. Believe to receive your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. What do we have today? That read's getting longer every time we do a podcast. I'm out of breath. Hold on. Let me actually take a drink of water because I'm a little. You hold that thought. I got to turn the TV off anyways because it's loud. Cinemax? Uh, Not yet. (laughs) <laughs> all right i hope you know jenny asked me what you do on the road every every time she wants to know what you're watching she wants to know where you're going she keeps tabs on you she has my number we talk she knows you're not honest that's not true so <laughs> rumors get started man power <laughs> rankings what are we doing today brooksy let people know we, what are we doing we are going to do the top closers in the game which is a lot harder than it sounds, people. Yeah, you know, I brought it up. <clears throat> I was like, let's do closers, thinking, all right, I got to prep for the Cleveland series. I'm going to be busy. We'll knock this out easy. We got into it, and we're making one list. So we're not doing separate lists. We're, we're having conversation, deciding where these guys go in this top ten, who makes it, who misses it. It was way harder than I thought. We we had we had a, We had a list, and then we were like, Oh wait, no, no! Like he's got to be in. He can't be in. It's just like back and forth for a couple of hours trying to figure it out. It's tough. There's a lot of guys having really, really good years, and it's early. It's June, so you see an ERAs that are hovering around one. You can't have a guy with an ERA of one point two not on the list. And then it's like, but which we this did, guy, which we had him off the list. But but then it's like, but this guy has five hundred career saves. How do we leave him off? we call it a power ranking i guess we'll start you want to start start from 10 we'll work our way up to number one we'll throw in the honorable mentions at the end or do you want to start with those hmm. what do you think teases the audience more i'm throwing in an honorable mention to start off yeah and then you can do it i this one hurts me but i i originally had kinley jansen in our top 10 all-time, what, seventh best closer of all time on the on all-time close list? At four, oh, probably, like uh, I don't have four, 405 at this point. Yeah. Um, all-time great human being, too, but that we'll have to do another power ranking for that. 
Um, he's seventh behind Wagner, four oh three. And Kimbrel's right behind him. Yeah. <clears throat> so I originally had him at like ten, right? Like towards the end of it. Yeah. And then the more we got to talk, and you know, the ERA is up in the threes or fours right now. He had two bad outings, really. He had two outings that gave up some runs. He was at like a point eight ERA when he got his 400 save in Atlanta and then kind of lost it, started throwing balls, started walking guys, giving up hits, lost the velocity. And then here as of late, he's looking better. He threw two in both games of a double header yesterday in the second game, got hit around a little bit, which I thought it was kind of dumb to throw him two games in a row in a double header at this point, but they're short. The bullpen was short. So if he said he's good, if they can save another arm for a double header in a game the next day, go for it. But uh, he gave up some runs there, too. So he's had some clunkers, and I hate to leave him out of the top ten because seventh all time. But right now, in in the game of baseball, I feel like we have to leave Kenley Jansen off the top ten. We also had to leave off Alex Lang, who's been nails for the Detroit Tigers in the back of that bullpen. Dude's nasty. The turtleneck and all. Alex Presley, World Series champ. Uh, Been a really solid closer for a long time now with Houston. Your former teammate. Two, by the way, Ryan Presley. Yeah, minor leagues. Paul Seawald for Seattle has been good the last couple of years. Um, we had to leave off guys like Liam Hendricks, too, just because he's right now he's not in the closing role. He's coming back from Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is arguably the best story in baseball. But unfortunately, at this time, he's not on our list. Let's start with number 10, Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers. And this one's a bit convoluted, the argument. We originally had him off the list. And why? Oh, no, I did. I had him off the list. You talked me into it. And I agreed. One earned run this year. That's what, got, that, that's what did it for me. When you said that, I was like, ah, oh, okay. Now he only has 10 saves. His opportunities haven't been there. And we both know saves are important as a closer. That's yeah. their role, right? It's your job. He has one earned run this year across 19 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's faced 76 hitters this year. Of those 76, 26 have struck out, 10 have walked, 8 have gotten a base hit, and he's given up one run. I feel like he's a guy you can just kind of go up there and not swing, and he'll walk you. Because his changeup has so much movement. That's a good point, actually. There is such a thing as being too nasty. Exactly. We I've, talked about that. It's a It's a thing. It's you a thing. Where you can't. Ed, Ed, so Edwin Edwin Diaz used to be that guy. Edwin Diaz used to be too nasty, where he couldn't. He would try to throw his two seamer just on the corner, and it would constantly run off, and his slider would start on and break off because it was so good. And it's ninety nine, so he couldn't. He just couldn't control it. So guys just started waiting him out. Adrian Beltre told me that he was like, "Dude, don't swing. He's not. He's not going to throw a strike." And he told him Adrian Beltre said, "If he figures it out, he's going to be one of the best closers in the game." Sure enough, he knew what he was talking about. Imagine that. Anyways, yeah. So same thing with Devin Williams. He, and there's and it, there's the, there's the opposite side of it too, where some guys throw too many strikes, and you can just go up there and be ultra aggressive. But Devin Williams preys off of aggressiveness. So I feel like you just go up there and just kind of see pitches. What I want to know is his splits. See in 2023. Right-handers against Devin Williams are batting 108. And lefties, he's dude, he's just as dominant. 
Lefties yeah. are batting 133 against Devin Williams this year. Uh, the only guy to even get a run off Devin when he gave up a solo bomb to Tyro Estrada and it's like a seven, two game or seven, something. They ended up winning the game seven to three. Like it was yeah. pretty much meaningless. Estrada's right. a good player too. So Estrada's the only one that's been able to kind of put Devin Williams on his list. He's been damn near unhittable, man. I, we can't, we, we can talk about how he only has 10 saves. Yeah. You can't ignore 0.46 ERA, man. That right. that's unbelievable. All right, let's go to number nine. Joan. Durant, this guy is nasty. <laughs> he throws a million. He's averaging 102 on his fastball. He only has eight saves, but if you watch their games, they the Twins have kind of started to use him uh, in high leverage situations throughout the game. So sometimes in the seventh inning, if there's a big the, the one, two, three in the lineups coming up and it's a tight game, they're using him. It's almost like postseason, right? They're bringing him into those big situations. So he only has eight saves. Opponents are hitting just 143 off him. He has the splinker. Don't forget about the splinker, Danny. Those anywhere from 95 to 101. Ridiculous. That's not fair. It's a, it's essentially a, it's a two-seamer. It's a, I know we want to call it a splitter, splinker, split. It's a two-seamer. But regardless, it's different than the 104 four-seamer you're seeing. It's got some sync to it. This guy, we don't have we don't have to go as deep as we went on on Devin Williams because we're not going to have enough time. But uh, Duran is a guy that comes in the. I mean, this whole list is basically guys they come in the game. You're sitting down and watching, and this guy's bringing the noise. So I think every year we're going to start seeing his role be more and more close situations. Like right now, where the Twins are at, because they have Jorge Lopez who is good in that role. And maybe mentally, Duran can handle not being a closer. Maybe Lopez needs that. There's guys in the in the bullpen that need a, a certain role to perform a certain way, or closers come in and not save situations and they don't throw well. It's kind of like that. So maybe that's why Lopez has been seeing some close opportunities as well. But Duran, filthy, got to get him on this list. Please tell me you saw what Jorge Lopez did in the dugout last weekend. I believe it was with the 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 <clears throat> Powerade in the water. The water. He, yeah, he mixed up. So uh, for those that don't know, Lopez had a bit of a rough outing. He went into the dugout. There's a Powerade cooler and there's a water cooler. He tried pouring water on his hair to cool himself down. As it turns out, it was Powerade. So he put blue Powerade in his. And he uh, has like blonde highlighted hair. So it's like turning blue. Yeah. The, the best part about it was he was mad at himself. So he grabbed a cup of water, poured that on his head, and then he punched the Powerade uh, container. With his left hand, though. It was with his left hand. You're right. So he, bam. He was smart, at least. Veteran move. Uh, number eight, Josh Hader for the San Diego Padres. Say what you want about the team, uh, but he's been arguably the most dominant closer in baseball since 2019. How about 133 saves? That's second most in all of baseball. He has 13 saves this year, which ranks sixth, uh, excuse me, sixth in baseball. Uh, and opponents are hitting 118 against Hader. That's third best in baseball. Hey, don't forget, this is a guy when he was in Milwaukee, when he got traded, we're like, did he lose it? Mm-hmm. Did he lose his, his and he found it in the postseason? And he's back. So, yeah. um, yeah, he found it in the postseason. They just uh, they haven't any situations to close. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Do the Padres make the playoffs? We were talking about that a little bit today. I told you, I think both the Padres and the Phillies miss the playoffs. And you, you just said, like you, you, you said, love, no, they're both going to make it. You love chaos. I don't love chaos, but as an analyst, it gives me something to talk about other than just like normal stuff. 
So it's not it's not that I love chaos. I love storylines that aren't normal. And two teams that should make the playoffs. One team that was in the World Series last year with basically the same team. They got their stud back. Still not going to make it. It's fun. Two NLCS teams last year. Padres. Yeah, good point. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Who do you got at number seven? I bet you couldn't have guessed this guy. If I could ask 100 people, give me just 10 closers, they would not name this guy on the list. And we talked about his brother, Edwin, earlier. Alexis Diaz. Remember seeing him in the WBC? Remember him crying after his brother blew his patella tendon out on the field celebrating a win? He's filthy. And he's one of those guys, too. They said, you know what? He's got the stuff, but he can't throw strikes. He gets behind hitters. He's 2-0-3-1. It doesn't matter. You're in the big leagues. 2 3 one They're going to hit your fastball. It doesn't matter. Well, he's figured it out. All right? 1.3 F4. That's just second behind Cano of the Orioles, who has got probably the best changeup in the game outside of Airbender himself, Devin Williams. But DS has 13 saves. The Reds, I saw him play against the Red Sox recently. They're actually a pretty good ball club. They're third in their division right now. Um, Diaz has good stuff. 16.5K per nine, which is third. Um, 120 opponent batting average. He has 100% save percentage. He's 13 for 13, so he hasn't blown a save. Good. That means a lot, too. So this young kid, keep your eyes on him. But right now, he's in our top ten. I mean, nobody has a higher F war on our list than than Diaz. No, the only guy Cano's been a setup guy for Batista. Right. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Uh, random, random little uh, tidbit here. So I tried looking up Alexis Diaz here on Baseball Reference, and I accidentally clicked on uh, Aledemus Diaz for the Oakland A's. Yeah, would you believe me if I told you that Aledemus Diaz was an All Star? What? He was an All Star. Aldemus Diaz. Yeah. You totally got the He was an all-star in 2015. 2016. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't shock you? No. I was playing then, so I remember him. 17 homers. He hit 300. His This was his rookie year, by the way, too. And then he became like a backup. That was with uh, St. Louis, right? Yeah. And then he became like a backup utility guy in Toronto. I think it's in that year. He was, he was good. Stunned me. The, the league adapts, though. And it's like, if you don't adapt back. There's a laundry list of guys that you just completely forget ever made. Like Kosuke Fukudome for the Chicago Cubs. Brock Holt. Brock Holt was an all-star? Yeah. I think Wait. in like 2016. For Boston? Yeah. He hit for the cycle in a playoff game. Damn. Yeah. Again, at Yankee Stadium, hit for the cycle in a playoff game. Random former all-star sounds like a pod waiting to happen <laughs> yes that could be fun yeah got it. number six this is one of my favorites man david bednar and i love Ooh. this name on the list because when pittsburgh came, america when pittsburgh came to boston <clears throat> you told me pittsburgh's arms are pretty good danny like i know that everybody's freaking out that Dude, pittsburgh- yeah their bullpen was coming in with the noise like they're warming up and you're like what? Like my studio was in right center field and I'm here in the mid. I'm, Jesus Christ. Look down. Old Betty popping that thing. <laughs> How about a 30 strikeout, one walk ratio? 30 That's ridiculous. Zero strike per walk. Okay. Earlier we were talking about that and I was going through the list and I about spit water everywhere because I was looking at the list and it's like 
Oh, cool, a five. That's all. 30? 30. What? It just, it looks like a typo. Will he have one walk? One walk. Hmm? Guys that guys that throw 98 consistently don't walk one. He's faced 91 batters this year. 20 of reached space. He struck out 30 of them, and he has one walk. That's how good Impressive. his stuff is, too, because guys know that, and they're going up there hacking. That is unbelievable to have His that stuff, much control. The swing and miss he must get in the zone and weak contact. Like, I mean, swing and miss. I mean, he's striking guys out. You get swing and miss in the zone. I wonder what his spin rates are. Like, that's something I want to look at. Like, does he have like that? That, like, what's his vertical drop on his fastball? Is it like three or four? You know, like I'll, barely. I'll get comes back down. to you on that. I'll get back yeah, to you. Yeah, I'm curious because it must be one of those fastballs that just like doesn't come down. If you only have like four inches of vertical drop, that's like basically feels like a, a rise ball. So maybe that's what it is. How about a 40.1 out of zone swing percentage? That is the best in all of baseball. No swing? Yeah. Nice. So 40% of the pitches he's throwing out of the zone, hitters are swinging. I can't, I can't think O swing without thinking O face. Five. Camilo Duval. Oh, you nailed it. Good job. Ever heard of him? Danny? I have heard of, I, I live in Northern California. We love that's why I said that because you're a Giants guy. All the boys um, I like this guy. He throws nothing straight. 98 on the sinker, 100 in mile power cutter, 14 saves. So the saves are actually getting up there. I think that's what third, tied for third in all of baseball. Uh, but literally, he's a guy who throws basically a hundred with both pitches and they do separate things. So you got to go up there and just Pray to God. And he throws strikes, too. So, he's real whippy. He's got that awkward delivery where you're just going to be uncomfortable as a hitter, especially here, righty, the way he just kind of whips it out here. I'll let you talk about this. Year, I, in order, I had to talk about him, but I know you're, like, chomping at the bit to talk about him because he, he's a giant. I'm so, more so – I have a question for you. Okay. One guy that kind of comes to mind would be Felix Hernandez. When you have a pitcher coming at you, righty on righty, and you have one ball is either going to go towards you or it's going to go away from you. Do you guess? No, you just try to pick up spin as best as possible. And plus you have like all this research where you're like, okay, certain counts, like he throws his cutter 2-0, like 3-1, like hitters counts, or oh, oh, he's 80% cutter. Or like, so I'll sit pitches based off of numbers, especially hit, especially at bats against me in the past. But if I haven't faced him before, I'm going to go off the numbers of what he likes to do because these guys have tendencies. They have what's comfortable to them. So if it's like a – I mean, you don't want to get like in the nitty-gritty of like 1-1, one, 2-1, one, one, but like 0-0, oh, 2-0, oh, oh, Like those are counts where you can be aggressive and you can sit certain pitches. And if it's those counts and you get beat, it's one strike. So it's like, man, I'm I'm good. I'm chilling still. So you have, you have that much thinking going on. You have that many hamsters on the wheel – when it's a 2-0 count and you're facing a reliever, you're actually thinking, okay, scattering. Well, that's where, like, the game prep comes in, like, every day. Like, we don't just go to the field, hit, eat food, and play games. Like, you have meetings, you sit down, you have your own scouting reports. You, It's actually – it's on you as a, as a professional, too, to go in and look at those. They don't, like, force feed it down your throat. They give you the information, and if you want it, great. If not, because some guys don't like it. 
I did. If I'm facing a guy filthy, like nasty, like that, I want an advantage. Like I want to have certain things to sit on. Now, once I get to two strikes, I'm just battling and just trying to like live against guys like that. Okay. Let me ask you this and then we can move on. Uh, off the top of your head, how many of your teammates were guess hitters and how many were reaction hitters? Most of them were reaction hitters. Okay. I think the biggest the biggest name guest hitter I played with, Adrian Gonzalez. But he was really good at it because he was really smart and he did his homework, so he guessed right a lot. Mm. He was such a smart hitter that he was able to guess, but he he was just right a lot. He, he studied, he watched film. He was like a, a encyclopedia in his head. Like he knew everything from all his at-bats against guys like – he probably wouldn't even have to go watch video. He would. He would watch video, but he could just, boom, tell you exactly how this guy pitched him the last time. It was pretty impressive. He so also had guess- like a natural ability to fight off anything if he did guessing. Right. His ability to hit the ball to left field, to go opposite field, is what like really made him really good. He was like one of the first guys that I remember like really having oppo pop. Yeah. You know, where that was like his thing. So that helps him too because he lets the ball get deep so you can be beat a little bit and be fine, but – I I remember him being a guest hitter. I played with him my rookie year. Camila Duvall at number five. Number four. How about a surprise appearance by Carlos Estevez? Nobody knew who this guy was because he spent mostly his entire career in Colorado. All right. Turns out Coors Field is not pitcher friendly, Brooksy. I know that really surprises you. It's not even hitter friendly this year for the home team. They've actually been one of the better home teams over the past like five years, though. Which I was just shitting on them for no reason. I shouldn't have done that. 14 saves. Fourth in baseball. 96.9 average fastball velocity for Estevez. A 152 opponent batting average versus right-handed hitters. He's exactly who the Angels needed. I saw him in person in L.A. Dude, the ball jumps out of his hand. It's like electric fastball. He's been a good pitcher for a few years. He really has. He wasn't really closing consistently with Colorado but that's a lot of the reason was because he had an ERA up over four nearly every year because it's Cooper's field I think what Perry Manasian that Los Angeles Angels front office they looked at the stuff and they realized this is going to play at Angel Stadium in Anaheim and sure enough it is 14 saves for a bullpen that has struggled mostly this season has really been their Achilles heel He's been a staple in the back end of their bullpen form. They've needed every single out that he has collected this year. He's been an absolute X factor for the Angels this year. So we have him at number four. Yeah, he's really good. Number three, I have uh, Jordan Romano. People don't – this is another guy that kind of slips under the radar, I feel like. But he's been really good. I mean, even if you want to go back the last couple seasons, 2021, he has 74 saves. I know we're just talking about this year, but just kind of put in perspective how good he's been. Since 2021, he's got 74 saves. That's third behind Emmanuel Classe and Liam Hendricks, which, by the way, bravo, Liam Hendricks. You're back. Beat cancer. Fucking awesome. Hell um, yeah, really cool seeing him come in. And, uh, like, results didn't even matter. Like, he was just in. He was so fired up, you could just tell, like, he was, like, bubbling with intensity. It was crazy. his wife? Oh, my God. Arguing oh my with God. the umpire? I remember facing Liam Hendricks when he was with the Twins, uh, New Britain. Well, I mean, I face him all through the minor leagues, but like I remember New Britain. It was Double A that year. He was a starter. Yeah, right. Yeah. He was a starter, and he was like 91, 92, cutter, sinker, slider, 
I faced him in the Futures game and got a hit off him. Boy. Yeah, in Arizona. Yeah, just like my memories of him. But um, good dude. Good dude. Great story. Uh, but Jordan Romano, yeah, 15 saves. <laughs> Let's get back to our list. Jordan Romano's got 15 saves, which is second in baseball. Um, he plays for a team that is very talented and should have a lot of opportunities for saves um, with that lineup they have in, in Toronto. But the tough part is he's got to play a lot of games against the AL East, and that is a gauntlet bloodbath of a, of a division. So, But he's been really good for a few years, uh, second in baseball and saves. So right now he's second on our list – or third on our list, excuse me. With that ballpark, too, I think it makes his numbers even that much more impressive. That's a good point because that's, that's a launching pad, and they brought the, the fences in a little bit. Yeah. Number two, I'm excited for this one. How about Felix Batista for your Baltimore? Oh, Matt. 15 saves. That's tied for second in baseball. A 1.1 F4. That's fourth in baseball. Let me get your eyes and ears here, people. How about an 18.32 strikeout per nine? Jesus. 18 hitters he's striking out per inning. That's outrageous. 57 strikeouts and 28 innings pitch. What what is the uh, single game strikeout? Uh, the major league records. It's 20 strikeouts, right? Scherzer did it. Uh, Kerry Wood did it, and Clemens did it in a single game. 20 strikeouts, right? Yeah. yeah. And obviously that's a starting pitcher. A little bit different here. We're talking relievers, but right. Batista's damn near average. Those guys also did it for nine days. <laughs> I know, I know. But yeah, but, but I hear, but hear but me out. Put it in perspective. Uh, yeah. He's basically averaging that. I, again, I agree with you. That's, you know, it's it's more impressive for a starter. But regardless, 18 strikeouts, that's outrageous for a Baltimore yeah. team that has given him a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. to save ball games right now. Too. It's a good team. That's a really good team. And you got a hell of a setup guy in Cano. I was going to, so I was going to ask you just off the top of your head, not to put you on the spot here, but Cano oh. and Batista. Are they the best one-two bullpen punch in baseball? Who's the setup guy in Cleveland? I don't even know. Uh, oh, Karen Shack. Karen Shack. Who's been a little bit of a coin flip this year? Dang. I mean, I think right now, I think they got to be the best. Rogers and Rogers and Doval in San Francisco is pretty good too, but they don't it's always good. Vote. But they're not better than Batista and Cano. No. Jeez, because who, I mean, who's who, who's the Red Sox setup guy with Kenley? Or is Chris it more Martin. who? Chris Martin. I I think it's got to be. I think when when Karen checks on like a hot streak, like they yeah. rival it. Like when he's going psycho out there. Hope I hope I don't get to see that in person. Actually, who's the Mariners setup guy? I'm drawing a blank on his name. He might be injured right now, actually. Oh, I don't know. Slider, nasty. I got Andres Munoz. Munoz? Oh, yeah. He, and he Seawald. closed on last year. Munoz and Seawald are pretty good. but Munoz I, was their closer last year. At times. Okay. At times. It, they're I kind remember of him closing some games. Too. And but, he, throws like a, he throws 100. But I think it's got to be a Batista and Cano just based off the numbers. So the best I one, think two so punch. Too. And we look at the war, F4, like it's up there, especially with yeah. Cano, obviously. For sure. And who's our number one closer in yeah, Major League Emmanuel Class A. I mean, 19 saves. Next closest is Jordan Romano with 15. Now, Class A's thrown in 30 games already. 
Um, he does have five blown saves, so that hurts him a little bit, but we could not put him number one considering the stuff and the amount of saves he has right now. Um, it's another guy, if you want to rewind to like 2021. Since 2021, he has a 1.63 ERA, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> all right. That whole pitching staff's good over there. So it's kind of one of those things they all kind of feed off of each other because their offense doesn't do much. And I feel like they're like, all right, boys, just score one. We'll win. So he's filthy, man. He throw, he's throwing 100-mile-per-hour cutters up there. I feel like his velo's gone down a little bit. I think he's – what you said he was averaging like 98 on it now. 98. The only guy ahead of him is Duvall, but the cutter, cutter wise, the only yeah, fast. He hits uh, 100 with his cutter, 100.1. Yeah. So um, he's filthy, man. It's it, in class A2, it's like, it's big. It's like almost sliderish at times. And you're like, oh, that's a slider. And you're like, 99. What do you mean? I almost so feel like, I almost filthy. feel like, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, I'm good. I almost feel like we owe it to him to put him at number one because for years he was under the, radar for the most yeah. part right and then now he's accumulated all these numbers now and you could make the argument for batista at one uh deval at one uh a lot of these guys you could make your own arguments but because of what class a has been able to do over the past couple of years and what he's still doing he's still leading body of work. Saves. Yeah. yeah body of work. and i mean he's really continuing to like pull away it's like he's 19 saves already and that one six three era by the way since what was it 2021 i think it was yeah. Um, that's the lowest in all of major league baseball with a minimum of 50 appearances. Nobody, nobody is allowed fewer earned runs than in this era where home runs get you like guys are launching. It's easy to have a higher ERA. Like pitchers are striking out more people, but their ERAs are higher because of the home run. Yeah. Um, that's tough. Being under a two is tough and he's basically a one and a half. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Silly. So I hope I don't have to see him over the next three days, but I have a feeling I will. You excited for the series? Cleveland, Boston. Yeah. Shane it's Bieber a, tomorrow. It's an important Bieber one. Bieber and Paxton tomorrow. Paxton looked all right, velocity-wise. Paxton's, Paxton's throwing harder than he's ever thrown. He's yeah. averaging 96 on his fastball. He'll mix in some 99s. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. The offense got to get going. The offense got to get going. Cleveland's offense has been pretty atrocious this year, too. Bottom of the barrel. and like, <clears throat> like They hit for... Like, they get on base, they run well, they hit singles, just no power, no slugging. They only have 35 homers as a team right now. Nobody has more than eight homers. I think Naylor has eight. Yeah. So, they're not going to hurt you. You just you just have to score four runs, five, five runs off them, and you'll win. I mean, Jose Ramirez has a 768 OPS, which for his standards, pretty low. It's low. I mean, they're only averaging, I think, like three and a half runs a game. Yeah. Which you know is what's interesting? Ninth in baseball. The they have three hitters, by the way. Feel free to. Okay, I'm gonna start charging at some point for these stats, but they have three guys in Major League Baseball in the bottom five in hard hit percentage. It's uh, Stephen Kwan, yeah, Ahmed Rosario, and uh, Miles Straw. Rosario has really progressed. Mm -hmm. Kwan is just. He's still a good hitter. He just like swings a wet New York Times up there, right? He's just like duck farting balls and finding green, getting on base, stealing bags. He's still a good player. But Rosario's really regressed. Who was the third one? Uh Rosario, Quan, and Milestraw. Milestraw. Well, they have he's out there to play defense too. So before I let you go, 
does Luis Arias have a chance to hit 400 this year? He's at 399, and we're it's, it's June 5th. How many bats does he have? I mean, he's played damn near every. He's played 50 games this year. 55 to be exact. I didn't realize he was. I honestly didn't even realize he was still hitting that high. He hasn't struck out twice in a game. He's the only player in baseball who has not struck out. Last time I saw him, he was at 392. He's at 399. Uh, That's what Major League Baseball just shared out. What did he do today? I don't know. I'm looking it up because he was. I'm pretty sure he was at 392 yesterday. I'm looking. You have to cut out the dead time. So Major League Baseball shared this out. I think they had a typo. It he, had three, he, he had three hits today. Oh, he had three hits, so that probably brought his average up to 399. He was three for four with two RBIs, 399 now, yeah. His OPS is 945. Jeez. Do you think he has a chance to hit 400? Yeah, he's got a chance. I don't think he will. Yeah. Dude, if you hit 400 in today's game with pitching how it is, I mean, you hit 400 in high school, it's good. But I'm looking at this. Dude, he's only swung and missed this year a total of like 13 times. Without looking, how many stolen bases do you think he has? A rise? Yeah. Zero. Zero. Uh, one. I thought you were going to say more. He's not a speedster. He's just a contact guy. He has nine stolen bases in his career. Yeah, he's not fast. He hasn't made an error defensively. 15 career homers, no errors, right? Yeah. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. So over his last 30 games, he's hitting 371. We were like, oh, he cooled off, right? Nah. Last 15 games, he's hitting 429. Last seven games, he's hitting 556. Jeez. Because <laughs> I, I remember looking and I was like, oh, like he's hitting like 380, 370 something. Last seven games, he's hitting 556, dude. He is 15 for 27 his last 15. Seven games. That's ridiculous. My Miami Marlins, baby. My fighting you fish. You couldn't do that on MLB The Show if you wanted to. No. Dude, the show is tough, dude. Have you played the I show lately? I don't play it, man. I got kids. I don't have time for that shit. All right. So you're above everyone. I get it. Above? No, I feel like I'm below. <laughs> you get to do all the fun shit. <laughs> Enjoy your time in Cleveland. All right. Oh, you're going to be on the broadcast. No, no one ever. All three games, you're on the broadcast, right? Yeah, I'll be there. All right, I will be tuning in. Check in to uh, Nesson. Watch Will Middlebrooks on the uh, Nesson Red Sox baseball broadcast. Uh, we'll be back here. Uh, we'll be talking to you all soon. Who knows what we'll be talking about. Maybe we'll be talking about Luis Arias hitting 450 by the end of this week. Maybe. Don't be surprised. All right, people. Have Peace. a good rest of your week. We'll talk soon. Peace. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.